Welcome to Advisor Talk with Frank LaRosa. Brought to you by Elite Consulting Partners, it's the only podcast offering unfiltered guidance and direct advice for all things concerning financial advisors, RIAs, and the practitioners in the wealth management business. Learn more and subscribe today at EliteConsultingPartners.com slash podcast. And now, here's your host, Frank LaRosa. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Advisor Talk with Frank LaRosa. I am Frank LaRosa, your host. As always, I am joined here by my COO and right-hand man, Dale Dempsey. Hey. What's up? Oh, man. What's up with that guitar solo in the beginning? I always play. That's me on the guitar. I a lot of y'all didn't know oh, that. Oh, my God. Everyone, I was trying to tell people that was me. So, Oh, well, I, okay. I played the drums. When I was a kid, I used to have a flying V. Remember, like Van Halen had like that red. Yeah, I had of one of those just like that. I know how to really? play it, but <laughs> that's cool. I tried. I used to play a couple of Def Leppard songs. That was about it. Sweet. Back in the day, I'm dating myself. Anyway, welcome to the show, everybody. We are excited because there's lots of stuff going on. I've been spending a lot of time helping. We have been spending a lot of time helping advisors really just grow their practices. And today, we wanted to talk about something that I've been seeing a lot of. And that is this opportunity within the accounting and CPA space. It's something that obviously if you're in a W-2 world, you really can't take advantage of something like that. But as we get into advisors moving more and more to the private practice world, independent space, all of a sudden these doors are opening for opportunities. And believe it or not, there's not a lot of acquirers in that world. It's like in our office. So on the other side of this wall, well, if you're watching YouTube, you'll know what I'm talking about. But on the other side of my wall, where we took over space, there was an accountant. I wouldn't say accounting firm, but it was one guy. He was an accountant, yeah. Right. And basically, one day, he just disappeared. And he didn't sell his book. It just went away. I hear that story all the time where advisors just shut their doors. Right. I'm sure there's people listening to this that they get that call from their accountant one day and they say, yeah, I'm just closing up shop. And they just go away. And I think that's a huge mistake. And so what I wanted to do today and I'm actively doing this with a couple of clients, that's why I thought it was really relevant to talk about, is really open up advisors' minds to asking their own accountants or people that they know, would they ever consider selling part of their practice? And I say part of their practice because if you're a non-CPA and you're a non-accountant, in most states, not all states, but in most states, you can't be a majority equity owner of an accounting practice. You're not allowed. But you can own a minority you can own a minority and your shares could have majority voting rights. Oh, interesting. Cool. Interesting. Yeah. And you can also take the majority of the revenue if you wanted to. Now, I wouldn't be greedy about it, but there's ways to do it. But okay. for a financial advisor, the biggest opportunity is the wealth management opportunity that you get from that. There was that old saying, why'd you rob the bank, right? Because that's where the money is. Well, accountants and CPAs, have all of the information on those clients. Right. That's not where the money is. That's where the information is. Oh, that's exactly right. Right. And so if you can go in there and you can work with a really good accountant, a CPA accountant, there's differences, but we're just going to say accountants. And you can go in there and work with that accountant and come up with the right process and flow to be introduced as the advisor. It's a great segue. And so I think that I'm just seeing it now. I'm pretty excited. I'm learning some cool stuff. I think you just displayed some of the intelligence that you've been picking up. What else, like what's your biggest takeaway so far when you say you've been learning this through this process of trying to buy a CPA practice? What is it? Well, you know, we have clients, one of our really good clients out in Chicago, out in suburbs of Chicago called Mooney Lions. One of the things that's made them really successful is that one of their partners is an accountant. 
And he does four or 500 tax returns a year for businesses, 1040s. And it gives them an inside look at the client's investments because you have to report all that stuff. And I found that over the years, and I knew that was the case, and I've worked with clients over the years where they're a million-dollar producer, but they started off as an accountant. And their accounting practice now is really small, and their wealth management business actually dwarfs accounting practice because they learn how to have that conversation with those clients. How do you, what is that conversation? So one firm that I met with, with an advisor, he actually has a, like a sheet of paper, like a questionnaire, and it goes through every area of the client's life. So for instance, risk management, it'll ask about wills, estates, trusts, life insurance, those things, asset management, and it has all these checkboxes and they check off the things that they need. Now, this particular accountant, CPA, wasn't the referring type, Mm -hmm. right? He would get that information and then he would talk to the client about those particular areas and then essentially leave it up to the client to go get an insurance person and and deal with the mortgage or get a state attorney or whatever. No guidance. and and, He didn't want to give any guidance. He was really reluctant to do that. But the partners at the firm were interested. As a matter of fact, one of the partners... I'll say as a financial advisor, has a book, a little book of business where he does do that with his clients, but the main partner wasn't doing that. And so that would make a very easy segue when you're talking to a client about those areas to be able to say, okay, you've mentioned that you need an estate plan, you need uh, an irrevocable life insurance trust, you need this, whatever, the asset management. So part of our team, we have a wealth advisor. This is John or Jill or whoever. Once we get through your tax returns and your business audits and all that stuff, Jill can work with you on making sure that your asset management side of your business is, or your life is in the right place, making sure that you have the life insurance, whatever those things are. This one firm actually had somebody on staff. They were a mortgage person, but they weren't doing mortgages. So the client would pay this individual a fee, and that person would help guide them through the mortgage process, go help them find multiple mortgage options, and help them with all the paperwork and all that stuff. Because when you know, you're going through that, right? Yeah. You go through a mortgage process, you have to get all this tax returns and all yep. these things. Mm-hmm. So it makes it really easy that the person that's helping you quarterback the process is already in the accounting firm. Right. So it was really interesting to see. So as an advisor, you want to have that process. You want to have some type of questionnaire. You want to be around so that the accountant or the CPA team that you're with is comfortable with who you are to make that handoff. Our clients, friends at Mooney Lions. That's their single biggest source of lead flow is from their CPA clients. So they're getting clients coming in. Greg's getting clients. And then he's identifying opportunities and handing it off to Joe or Keith. So you get into the conversation, maybe use your own CPA as a place to start. Mm -hmm. Is there a specific strategy or methodology? What do you do? Is it like prospecting for clients maybe in previous years where you're just introducing yourself to local? So, hey, Dale, let me ask you a question. So let's say you're my accountant, right? Yeah. Have you ever thought, I'm just curious, you look great, you're young, looks like you're losing weight, congratulations. I know you're a little bit older. I'm just curious, what's your game plan for the next evolution? Do you have a succession plan? In the financial advisory space, it's a big deal for advisors to have a succession plan. You're here sort of by yourself. I know you have Jill outside and she answers the phones and stuff, but do you have a succession plan? Okay. Okay. And they're going to say no or Yeah, in the cases where they say no- you're saying, okay. Well, would you ever would you ever consider me coming on board and acquiring 
a part of your practice as a succession, bring in another accountant once you decide to retire. Obviously, I'm not an accountant, so I can't do that. Right. But I would love to have the opportunity to be part of that succession plan for you. And I think there's some things that we can do together because I noticed that you don't really provide a lot of referrals in terms of wealth management clients. But I also know that there is a lot of clients within CPA practices that need wealth management help. And I think that if I was part of the business, if that's what you were looking for, it would make it a lot easier for you to sort of hand off that type of relationship. Because I know it's a little uncomfortable with you now. You don't want to refer stuff to me because I'm at pick a firm, UBS or whatever, right? But if I were independent and I was a business owner on the wealth management side, we could do more business together. Right. These larger institutions won't let you be a minority. If you're a W-2 firm, you're not, you're, you, you can't, you can't do that. You, can't you, you that. barely can even talk to clients about taxes. Right, right. right? right. Let alone own. Which a, is a shame, let alone own part of an accounting firm. It is a shame because these things are interconnected in so many ways. Yeah, I mean, I was talking to, I have another client that's a, he runs an RIA. They run a large wealth management practice and they're independent and it's total holistic planning. And so they talk about everything. Right. And he can't believe that if you're a W-2 advisor, you can't have those engaged tax consequence conversations with your clients. I mean, you can have a little bit of it, then you have to say, oh, seek the guidance of a CPA or an accountant. I'm not an accountant. I can't give you tax advice. But when you are in the independent space, you have the ability to not only, I mean, you could, look, some advisors are CPA, so they can do that stuff, sure, right? Sure. But if I'm going into that space today, knowing what I know, I would make part of my business plan acquisitions of advisors. But I would also add acquisitions of smaller accounting firms because they typically, you can afford to pay them a little bit more. What I mean by that is the average accounting firm goes for like one times revenue. Mm, mm -hmm. So we all know that that's a lot less than what an advisor practice would go for. Sure. Right. So a million dollar CPA practice, which is a pretty good sized practice, is only going to go for one, maybe 1.1 times. But if you're a million dollar advisor practice, it's going for multiples of that. Yeah, multiples. So- because there's a huge opportunity for you as the financial advisor to glean wealth management clients off of that practice, you could afford to pay a slightly higher multiple for that accounting firm. You can go to that client and say, listen, I know that the average accounting firm goes for you know one times, but would you have interest if I was able to give you 1.2 or 1.3 or 1.4 times? They know. Right. They already know what it's worth. Yeah. Because you can, yes, so you're paying a premium for the accounting revenue, but the wealth revenue that you're going to get off of that is going to be substantially more. It'll pay for itself. You have to understand it. So you have to be an entrepreneur. You have to have that entrepreneur mindset where we've talked on one of our podcasts about being comfortable with risk. So you have to understand the risk there. You have to be at the right firm that has attributes that would let you do that. You have to be, exactly. It's an outside business activity, obviously. If they're doing audits and stuff like that, attestations, you can't do that at all. So you just separate that. One of the other things that I learned one of the opportunities that we're working through is that there's an opportunity to increase revenue of these firms. If you can find a firm that is doing billable hours and you can convert them from billable hours to fixed rates, fixed fees, fixed monthly fees, and bringing that idea to an accountant that may not necessarily be thinking that way anymore, you're doing a couple of things. One, you're increasing the revenue per client and you're also leveling out the fees that those clients are paying over the course of a year, which levels out the revenue for the firm. Because accounting firms typically make their money 
sort of like five months out of the year, maybe six months out of the year, right? And so it's up and down. And then there are periods of time where some accounting firms, if you have payroll, where you maybe need to take out a line to cover payroll for a period of time. So by going in and helping the accounting firm understand that converting to a fixed dollar fee, so it's like how we charge with our CFO services and how I pay my accountant. I pay the same amount of money every month and includes my year-end taxes and all that stuff. And as a business owner, I like that. It's a fixed expense. I can budget it in. You spread it out over the you course spread of, it out. of the year. And look, some, yeah. some months I talk to them a lot and some months I don't. And so it evens out. Mm-hmm. And you have to understand that that's another way that I've seen you be able to go into an accounting firm, maybe buy it at 1.2. And then with the, you have to have an accountant that stays on board that's willing to do that, obviously. Right. But buy it at 1.2 and grow the revenue from a million to a million five because, or maybe that's a lot of growth, but maybe a million to a million two or a million three. Yeah. Because you made the, some of those changes. Right. And then you throw on top of that generating revenue off of it on the wealth management space or the insurance side, different types of things there really can help. And I think that it's an untapped market for financial advisors starting to see more of it. I'm starting to see more CPA firms or accounting firms come to market because I think some of them are starting to realize I have something here. So if you're a financial advisor and you're looking at how do I grow, how do I evolve, this is one of those ways. And on the flip side, if you're now the wealth manager, so like Keith and those guys, Moody Lions, it's a service pitch that they have on the wealth management side. And that is not only am I going to help you with your wealth, but we're also going to make sure that you're tax efficient because we have that tax practice within our organization. Right. And so everything is seamless, works well together, clients love it. So there's a big selling tool there. The third part of it, which is also a great selling tool, if you're trying to build your wealth management practice and you're doing recruiting, you can use the ability to tap into the CPA referrals, the accounting referrals, as a resource for younger producers that maybe you're trying to get. Maybe they're struggling with getting clients. They can't cold call, they, whatever they're trying to do. They're good people, but they're just not good marketers. Right. Uh, so now you can use that as a carrot to say to them, look, come on board and we will provide you lead flow for clients. Yeah. Right? Maybe yeah. you're not going to get paid as much, but it's, it's a, a perk. Great, it's a huge perk. Yeah. So I thought it was a relevant topic today because that's I'm learning so much. And look, our job is to provide our clients with information that we know and we learn. And this is something that I feel like more advisors should understand this is out there. And don't be afraid. I mean, I literally am working on something where I coached the advisor through how to talk to his accountant. And the response that he got was, it's funny you ask. We were just talking about that because he's in his late 60s, maybe early 70s, late 60s. He wants to go teach and he wants to do some other things. And he's sort of done with the accounting world. But he just threw it out there. Like, have you ever thought about selling? I mean, that's as point blank as you can ask. Right. And his answer was literally, it's funny you should ask. We were just talking about that. What are you thinking? Right. And And he gave the whole 1X to 1.3X type of thing. And he said, if you can come up with a way to get me more than one times, I would have a high level of interest. And we're working on it. Wow. Yeah, it's really yeah. cool. Yeah, that could, uh, help. that could help everybody. He called me up and he says, okay, so I had that conversation and he said yes. Yeah. <laughs> now <laughs> what? What do, what do I do now, right? <laughs> yeah. I was like, uh, okay, let me get back to you. Yeah. Right? And so it was really fun though. It's a learning experience. Again, I've never been involved in an acquisition of an accounting firm, so I'm not going to pretend that I was. But I have a lot of 
connections in that space. So I'm learning all of these things like non-accountants can't own and all that stuff. Right, right. But how to do it and structure it. You can be a majority owner or voting rights. Voting rights. Right. And then own most of the revenue as well. You can own most of the revenue. Your revenue share doesn't have to match the equity share. Got it. Yeah. Right. Really is what it comes down to. That makes sense. Right. You can be considered the manager of the accounting firm. So you can take a salary and then that's one of the ways to do it. And that's important too. I think it's a positive for the right firms because if you can create a vision with the accountant that you're going to go in partnership with and show them that they can grow, even though they're going to be a, maybe a smaller owner than they were before, it's still going to have a nice chunk of the income. You can show them how doing some of these things will help grow that revenue and increase their income. A lot of accountants don't have that mindset. They're just in their space and they're just doing their taxes and they're doing right. Their that world, the world is not ripe with people who are looking for next business opportunity. No. This is very straightforward numbers and equations. Yeah, I would not say that world is filled with high energy entrepreneurs. Right. I do know some. I mean, I have some friends that no, are no, yeah, like, they exist, but it's not. Yeah. That's not the typical. They're different right? personality you know, type. Friend Tyler, he's phenomenal. He's yeah. a huge social media thing, and he does a lot of that stuff. Total exception. I have some friends out in Utah that are totally, they are entrepreneurs, they have other businesses, and they're doing an awesome job. But the average accountant or CPA just doesn't think that way. And candidly, that's part of the reason why we're seeing so many of these firms selling out because they're burned out. But if you can come in and give a new level of energy and a new vision, they get sort of energized. And I think that's what advisors can really do. I think if you're a financial advisor that is looking to figure out how to continue to grow your business, this is something that you should be thinking about because their accounting firms and CBA firms are everywhere. One-person firms, two-person firms. Those firms, I'm telling you, they just shut their doors. And if you just go knock on their door and say, would you be interested? I would tell you that a lot of them will say yes. Right. They'll let you mow their lawn. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I did that when I was, when I was a kid. Good I did that segue. too. All right. Yeah. They'll, they'll let you mow their lawn because they're not being asked by anybody else. Right. So be the person that asks. What's the worst thing they could say? No, exactly. I call that the beautiful blonde theory. No one ever goes up and approaches the- Oh, my, okay. I told you this, right? One time I, yeah. I, my wife and I were at a Rick Springfield concert. It wasn't, we didn't like, we were going out and he happened to be playing there. We weren't like going to a Rick Springfield concert, but we saw this really beautiful woman at a restaurant before. And then at the end of the night, we saw her at the concert and she's by herself. And so my wife being my wife and she talks to everybody, says, well, where'd your boyfriend go? She says, oh no, it wasn't my boyfriend. Oh, it's your boyfriend. No, I don't have a boyfriend. What? Why don't you have a boyfriend? Or are you here by yourself? And she literally said, because everyone assumes that I have a boyfriend or something. So no one comes and talks to me. That, and I that's was like, the theory. Yeah, that's, that's the theory, Yeah, right? No one's talking to her. But if someone gets the guts to go talk to that woman because she was beautiful, she's going to love that person. So don't be afraid. Just don't assume just because this guy has an accounting firm that someone's asked him if he was being interested to sell. So you got to ask. And to your point, what's the worst they can say is, no, I have a plan in place. Yeah. It's a great opportunity. So anyway, with that said, that was a, I'll call that like a power podcast really fast. Thanks everybody for joining. If you're new to the show, we appreciate it. That was an interesting one for your first listen. But yeah, especially if you're looking to grow your business. Yeah, if you want to talk more about it, you can email us, frank at eliteconsultingpartners.com, dale at eliteconsultingpartners.com. Of course, you can call Dale 856-316-4653. I'm 4651. You can DM us at franklarosa.elite. And I look forward to our next call. It's going to be great. Look forward to another conversation. 
Uh, don't forget to smash that like button on iTunes. If you are listening to this on a podcast platform like Spotify, go to our YouTube channel and then you can see what we're doing. You can see how we're dressed today. We're a little casual. And also leave comments, send suggestions on topics. We love to have suggestions. Gives us something to talk about. We're going to really get back to putting a lot more of these things out. We've just been so busy, but we appreciate it. We want to get back to everybody. Put out great content. Awesome call, Dale. Thanks a lot. Great talk. See you on the flip side. Thanks for listening to Advisor Talk with Frank LaRosa. If you're looking for more advice or solutions on any topics in the financial services industry, or you just want to subscribe to our podcast, head on over to EliteConsultingPartners.com slash podcasts.